Hello and welcome to Yes Mother, a podcast covering the A&E show Bates Motel. Today we are covering Season 2, Episode 8 called Meltdown. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. stretch which is kind of sad usually when I say that I mean that in a good way yeah yeah no I'm I'm kind of sad but so how have you been I've been good good yep just had another long meeting oh did you yep those happen and Today, I did a stupid thing where I was, you know, today's the day that Mr. Selfridge was due at the library. Mm-hmm. So I was so concentrated on that, I forgot that I'm supposed to watch this episode again, too. <laughs> and I didn't even finish Mr. Selfridge. I have one more. I'll have to pay a 50-cent library fee Oh, <laughs> turn it in tomorrow. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so, so you only got to watch the Bates Motel once. once. Yeah, so. That's okay. I watched it. Twice. Yeah. Good. At least one of us did. I was going to say, maybe I even watched it three times. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, because I think I watched it really, really early in the morning and was just kind of dozing off, and so I watched it again, and then I watched it a third time and took notes. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well. We only have one piece of feedback, so this will be short. Yeah, that's right. We got... Why don't you go ahead? Do you have it up? Yeah. All right. Why don't you go ahead and read from Harold? Room number one. Um, and you saw he he sent a second one. So yeah, I'm just going to read the second because they yeah, seem okay. similar enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what I learned from Meltdown. The taxidermy goes with everything. Yes, we did all learn that. <laughs> goes with everything. It's nature. (laughs) I don't know if Norma learned it, though. (laughs) It's nature. (laughs) That everyone loves steak. And that Dylan has an impressive office. Oh, my goodness. That was so funny. She was so impressed by his office. (laughs) She is so impressed by offices, it seems like. I have an office? (laughs) She's just like, she couldn't get over that he had an office. I love it. Um. Oh, and don't cross Nick Ford. Yes, I think we all knew that, but now we're really feeling the effects. (laughs) (laughs) The reality is hitting hard. Yes, it is. 
I still kind of like him, though. <laughs> but you won't cross him. <laughs> no, certainly not. I just like I just like the actor. I like I like how he portrays him. I guess that's what I should say. Yeah, I like I'm... I like the casting of Nick Ford a lot. He's one of my like favorite choices. Yes, and I still feel, no matter what's going on, that he's a gentleman and that he will right. um, like a man of his word kind of stuff. Yeah, and if his word is, you've made a horrible mistake, well, he's a man of his word. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, all right, go on. Okay. Sorry, I was sniffing a weird drink. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I am not sure how I feel about how explicit Norman was in talking about his special relationship with Norma. He made it sound like they have an understanding that goes beyond just being unusually close and instead sounded more like a pact with specific rules of conduct. I liked it better when I thought they were both a little cuckoo and just didn't get how inappropriate they are. I'm not sure I like it as much if they are both well aware of it. Hmm. You know, I had extremely similar thoughts. I was like... So they've had this talk before. They have rules about their relationship. I, I got the same idea that like Norman and Norma had this understanding, but I'm after... as long as that understanding doesn't include like kissing, heavy petting, and sex, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't know. I but after watching it, you know, again. I kind of started wondering if maybe these rules are just all in Norman's head. Maybe he and Norma did have a quote-unquote conversation, <laughs> and she just wasn't there. Yeah, it it is weird to me. Just, I think I get what he means. It's like, I've settled into the fact that they don't realize it, or at least Norma doesn't. And I was comfortable with that, finally. Same. And I think that's still the case. I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that they actually talked about this. That This is just kind of all going on in Norman's head. Yeah, I really have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> to have better thoughts about it. But. Yeah. But, anyway. Those were my initial thoughts. Um. Yeah, I think I just kind of went, no, they wouldn't have talked about that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, he goes on. Why is Romero now worried about convicting an innocent man? He didn't seem to care about whether Kyle was guilty when he initially charged him. It was a flimsy case, but he just wanted it closed. So what is his concern now? That, de that Deputy Cagney and Lacey will expose him for not revealing the DNA match? Okay, here are my thoughts. I feel like Romero, and this is stuff we only heard secondhand from himself. I think, just in my head, that the stuff that this guy did before our knowledge was so bad and so frustrating for Romero that the fact that he was able to pin a murder on him and convict him and just get this guy in jail at any cost... Mm -hmm clouded his thoughts about the real murderer of Miss Watson. And you know, you could be right, because he also had that little conversation with Nick Ford at the cemetery 
and Nick's like, so it's been four months and it just seems like you've forgotten, you know? Yep. Maybe a little fear about Nick Ford. Maybe a little fear about, you know, some sort of Nick Fordiness. <laughs> yeah. And then when something was presented with him so interesting as that Norman sperm was found in Miss Watson, um, that kind of made that comfortable bubble he had created crash down a little bit that the murder is actually still out there. And he probably conveniently just knew he knew he was not convicting an innocent man, maybe about Miss Watson's murder, but he's right. not innocent. That guy, he's, the Kyle guy is not innocent. I mean, we know apparently he killed his girlfriend or something. And right. And it just seemed like Romero really knew it, but it was just one of like, huge frustration in his professional life that this guy went free. Like one of the worst. Well, it, it could be that Romero thought Miss Watson was really killed by one of the drug camps. He just didn't want to get involved. That is actually, that was my second. And so he put that it was on my second Kyle thought guy. About it. Yeah. This Kyle guy is guilty anyway. Put him away for something, you know, and yeah, she was. He just probably took probably him just, as fallout from Nick Ford's bad right, business. Right, right. And Romero was probably like, "Well, you know, it was probably someone in the drug camp, so I'm not going to think about it." And then this evidence comes up that you know Norman had had sex with her that night, and he's probably like, "Oh crap," you know. Uh huh. I'd kind of put that one away, you know. I kind of need to be a cop. Um, yeah, exactly. Although he didn't. Have- I'm not sure he f- is acting out of thinking Norman's really guilty or acting just to appease Cagney and Lacey. I well, don't, he's always, this guy is always going to be a mystery a little bit. He is. He is. And he did say, we might as well just go over it while we're talking about it. Um, but he says something interesting to Cagney and Lacey when she comes into his office and she's the one that says well you know the jury came back Kyle's been convicted and then she says so what are we going to do now about Norman matching the other semen sample you know she's like no one but us knows and he basically tells her that if she tells anyone he will hang her from the highest tree Mm -hmm. for illegally running the DNA through the database and I was like illegally what is what is he talking about and then I realized they didn't arrest Norman in the last episode. Oh. She had no reason to take all those fingerprints and DNA. He came in for questioning. That's right. And she had no right. And he's a minor. Is if, Yeah. Do, does a minor need a parent's permit? Do the cops need, like, parental well, consent? Well, I would guess so, especially if you're just a witness to exactly. Because he wasn't of, arrested. Because that wasn't arrested. Now that I oh. think about it, it wasn't a mugshot that was being taken of Norman. He didn't have like a little board up with the numbers and the oh, date. You're stuff. right. It was probably an evidence number, like a because he had been hit by Corey's right. dad. It was probably just evidence pictures. Funny, of his that notes. never occurred to me. But you're right. It never occurred to me until Romero said that line. He's like, for illegally running that DNA, you know. I'll, he's like, I will hang you from the highest tree. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was awesome. So she, she is either super Cagney and Lacey and just does it because she's either it was either a rookie move 
her taking all those, you know, fingernail clippings. Or, I don't know. I don't get the idea that she's, like, in on something. Do you? I was going to say, is there any possibility she's she just looking seems for somebody? Just, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't either. I, she's just super cop and just wants to be all efficient, even if it means doing the wrong thing, you know? Well, she worked at a lab before, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that stuff's just really... On her mind. Like the forensic stuff is all she really thinks about and not the, wait a second, we need to arrest him before, yeah. And we need permission. I would guess, especially if he's just like a witnessy kind of victim. He's a victim, right? Right. He wasn't arrested. He was brought in. He witnessed someone's death and he... And he obviously was involved in an altercation. Corey was brought in too, or Cody... What was her name? Cody. Cody. Cody was brought in too. And I doubt they did fingerprinting and swabbing on her. So why did they only do it on Norman? If Cagney and Lacey was there, I bet she did it. Maybe she did on <laughs> Cody. We just didn't see it. But I don't know. He wasn't arrested, so they shouldn't have taken any of that. Right. But they should have taken his picture just for like a victim... Sure, I'm sure if you get beat up or something, or I know they do when someone gets raped, there's lots of pictures taken, and so, yeah, it's probably just anyone who's a victim of any kind of violence or what. Interesting. Well, if anyone has any more insight on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure they just can't do that, especially if you're a minor. I'm no lawyer, but I've seen... (laughs) I've seen seen some shows (laughs) but I I don't watch those shows (laughs) you know about 15 years ago I'd watch a Law and Order if it was on once in a while that was before they had all the other ones I've seen a couple of those I remember like watching the one with Dylan McDermott uh, started with a P I think it was pretty good. No idea. Yeah. You know, I haven't watched those, but I kind of like the movies that have this kind of stuff in it. I like them. I love lawyer movies. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of those movies. Yes. And even like police procedural movies. A lot of those are good. Right, right. I can't do the weekly ones. It's, no. uh, yeah. Not well done enough. But if it's the only thing on. They are too snobby. No. <laughs> if it's the only thing on, like us without cable, sometimes on Sundays, one of the channels will do like a some law and orders and I'll put them on sometimes yeah of all of them the law and order I'd be the most likely to yeah. watch and yeah. I have seen them I've even seen a special victim museum or two but. so based what I know on TV law <laughs> pretty sure what she did was illegal <laughs> Yeah, which means that they wouldn't be able to bring it in so even if Norman did get somehow arrested for this they wouldn't be able to use it Right, it wouldn't hold up in court. It wouldn't hold up, because it'd be like... It wouldn't be able to be in, yeah. Illegal evidence. Which is very stupid of her to do. I I honestly... That's how people walk. (laughs) I'm going with rookie mistake. She's just Miss Cagney and Lacey and just wants to be super cop. I I just... I I am 95% with you, but there's a small, nagging little 5%. That's like maybe... Someone, something is maybe it's you never know. Yeah, she just seems too dumb, but maybe that's who you get. I don't know. 
Maybe she's really smart. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It'll be interesting. So, anyway, it, what does Harold have anything else on his? Yep, there's a little more. Um, I was also surprised that Zane and Remo survived. I didn't think Zane was that good. I had assumed that he led everyone in his crew to their death. My new prediction is that Dylan will turn Zane over to Romero to end the war. Maybe Romero will figure a way to frame the murders of Gil and Mrs. Ms. Watson on him while they are at it. Well, that would be pretty smart of him. That'd be awesome. Uh, about Zane and Remo, I mean, there was a lot of shouting and there was a lot of gunfire, but what if those guys were just caught without guns next to them? That's what I think. They I weren't think packing, they were just... They were just ambushed. Because it, it looks like they were working because there's, like, money spread around them. Yeah. And, and pot, so they were probably, like, counting money and just out of nowhere. I mean, I'm surprised that at least one of them didn't get off a shot to someone, but I I don't know. Yeah, you would think that they'd keep the guns in there. There were. It, it, it went on forever. It did. It did. But that doesn't mean it was crossfire. That could just mean they were hiding and. Exactly. And yeah, because I mean, Rima or um, Zane Bleachie on leather breeches. <laughs> he went in there with I don't know six, six, seven guys. You know, there was quite a few of them. So. Yeah. Did they all make it? Or some of the people that were dead? Do we know if they were Zane's men or? If they were just all, I, I have no idea. I and no one talked about it, so I'm guessing they didn't lose any. That it was all Nick's yeah. guys. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that Remo made it, and unpleasantly surprised about Zane. Yep, same. Happy to see Remo boo on Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Although we might lose Zane next episode. Yes. All right. Well, is that all Harold has to say? Yep, that's it, and that's our only feedback. All right. Well, Guests, we would um, just love more feedback if you're yeah. out there. Pop in and say hi. So. Yep, we'll bring we'll bring more towels and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might do a little housekeeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do some vacuuming or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yep, thanks again, Harold. Yep, thanks, Harold. You bring up some good points. Yes. All right. Um, so, yeah, it just opens with um, Norma wakes up. She's looking for Norman. He, and he's, like, looking out. He's in the motel office and just kind of looking out the window and starts sweeping. Oh, he hears Norma like coming down the stairs yelling for him and he gets like this angry look and starts sweeping. <laughs> yep. And um so Romero, Romero comes out of his room, he comes in the office and gets some coffee and he's just like trying to give like this really sneaky look over to Norman. <laughs> and it's not working. Norman's like is something wrong? <laughs> And he just says they're out of cream. Um, yeah, this whole time, every time you see Romero, you're like, he's cooking up how to approach this guy. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, but he leaves. Norma walks in. She's got like some coffee cake. She's like, look what I brought you. And he's like, I'm not hungry. I already ate. And she says they're going to go see Double Indemnity that night at the theater. 
and he says, I've seen it a hundred times. And then Norman's just gets all upset that he's still, and she's like, what you're mad at me for is not my fault. <laughs> he says it's <laughs> now, the situation. <laughs> now, double indemnity, that's not a Hitchcock, is it? No, it's a, um, I think it's Billy Wilder. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I've seen it a couple of times. Isn't it the one with, isn't it the dad from My Three Sons? Fred McMurray, is that his name? Is it? I think so. No, he was in Billy Wilder's um, The Apartment. Is that Billy Wilder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, double indemnity. I I think it's an insurance agent that gets involved in like a insurance fraud that goes wrong, if I remember right. I didn't see it too long ago, seems like. Um, But... It would have been cool if it was a Hitchcock movie, but kind of cheesy, actually. A little, yeah. I <laughs> I was thinking it was, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Then I thought, I don't know, that's kind of weird. That's a little too on the nose. <laughs> a little too on the nose, exactly. The candy corns will we would like, but... Yes. Yeah, she's upset that he's still mad at her, and he's just mad. He's like, you mean the situation where you know secrets about me and don't tell me? Now, Norman spent this entire episode very passive-aggressive. He did. (laughs) He just spent the whole time being passive-aggressive. I know. He, oh, he got, he would just be so, well, I'm not mad at you, mother, you know. going to go sit over here, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and look at my fingers. <laughs> I'm going to go work on my owl. <laughs> um, but he says he's fine with it, and he accepts it, but then he leaves. And, man, right as Norm walks out the door, in walks Nick Ford, and I was like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he just says that he wants Norma to arrange a meeting between him and Dylan. And she's like, why do you want to talk to Dylan? And he says, they're in the same business. And he says, don't you talk to your son about anything? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you don't know. (laughs) But um, she says they had a falling out. And he says, all the more reason to contact him. He tells her that he lost his daughter and they'd been estranged. And he says it was the most horrible thing that ever happened to him. Right, so we got a little insight on Miss Watson. Right, that they were estranged. Um, but yeah, he says that a few times. I think he... Yeah. Obviously got, heavy on his mind and right. a big regret. Exactly. But he also knows... I don't know. We, we can talk about it in the next scene. But he knows how close, like Norman and... Yeah, right. anyway. Anyway, so, so yeah, that was the opening, because then we have the opening sequence thing, um, and then the next scene is just a bunch of sheriff cars at Nick Ford's warehouse, and Dylan is just kind of, like, still unconscious, and he wakes up and runs away, and then it cuts to, like, inside the warehouse, and Romero tells Cagney and Lacey to find... Zane Morgan, but don't arrest him. Just bring him to him. And I counted. I counted six dead bodies. So they got six of them. That's that's a lot of guys. 
Yep, it's not the dozen or so he wanted, was it? Right. <laughs> yeah, he said something like that. One of our guys were 12 of theirs. Right. <laughs> it's like, what are you, four? <laughs> I think that's quite accurate. <laughs> if we're talking mental age. Yeah. So, yeah, I I liked how Romero tells her to just bring, don't arrest him, just bring him to me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people that want Zane dead. <laughs> Zane's not going to live much longer. <laughs> Zane's time on this earth is drawing to a close. <laughs> <laughs> and um, shall have a party. <laughs> yep. But then... Dylan just goes to 90210's house and tells her what Zane did. Um, then we see Norma calling Dylan, but she doesn't leave a message. And then Emma walks in, and Norma asks Emma how much she knows about the town. <laughs> and if she knows where Dylan works. And Emma's like, do you know what he does for a living? <laughs> but, um, and she offers to take Norma to Dylan's work. Which seems like a bad move. <laughs> yeah. But we know more than they know about what's really going on with these <laughs> marijuana people. So. Um, then we have Zane talking to Dylan in 90210. And he's defending what he did. And he points out that they just walked into Uncle Gil's house and killed him. Um, yes. So I guess Gil was their uncle? Or maybe it's just one of those things where... Well, he was very high up, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. Or it could be one of those... Or uncle in like, parentheses or whatever. Yeah, like... Our dads had a friend since they were, like, what, 18 years old or something? I think they went to college together. And we call him Uncle Will, but he's right. not our uncle, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, so Zane, Zane tells them that he has an idea that they should just buy out Nick Ford because he's, <laughs> he's old. <laughs> this plan made me giggle. I oh, thought, my gosh, he's so Seriously? Stupid. You really... Oh man, he's so stupid. <laughs> Do you think he's finally realized what he's done? Like, I mean, I don't know. Or is he just that stupid? You think he's like, what? You think Zane's like figured something out? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you would think after like killing six people, I don't know. I, I would think that you'd kind of. I just I guess I don't think like him. <laughs> what did I just do? Heavens be praised. <laughs> I guess that's logic in my mind that he lacks. <laughs> it just like blows me away that he thinks I could just okay, I know we killed six year guys and maybe a couple more here and there. But you know, here's ten million dollars. <laughs> Go to Hawaii. <laughs> so, yeah, and he's like, and if Nick says no, then we'll just do some more of the same, and we'll just wear him down till he says yes. <laughs> Again, four years old. I know. <laughs> so, 
I guess that seemed like a, more like a maybe like an eight year old boy. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what he was thinking. <laughs> so Dylan just tells him the best thing to do is lay low, and nine hundred two one zero tells him that he knows where to go. So apparently they have like a little shed or something, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a cabin. <laughs> I love that you said shed first. <laughs> That's what I'm going to picture. It's a shed with a dirt floor and a bucket for him to sit on. Hiding, hiding under a tarp next to the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> then I thought of the money they have. I thought maybe it's more of a cabin. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably uh, a posh cabin by the lake. Somewhere. I know. <laughs> this is probably a cabin that's like <laughs> twice as nice as my house. <laughs> I like the shed. I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so then Emma and Norma pull up to Dylan's work and she just walks up and knocks on the door. <laughs> Absolutely. What else would you expect her to do? <laughs> and uh, I love it. Remo shows up with a gun. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, she says she's Dylan's mom. He just like gets this big old grin on his face. Oh, it's so like, cute. I know. Like Dylan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. But, uh, so that's when he takes her in and he's like, I'll take you down to his office. And Norma's like, he has an office? <laughs> it's like it it was just perfect Norma stuff where she can, her little mind just right away started canceling out all the bad stuff. And it's respectable. He has an office. La, 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 la. <laughs> I know. But she's still always, she's she was just over there in the office. She's like, Looks like you're doing good. I mean, I don't like the marijuana part, but you're doing really well. <laughs> Who knew? All it doesn't matter what he does for a living, but if you smack him in an office, it's fine. Yep, yep. But um, yeah, she tells him that Nick Ford wants to meet him, and he's like, "Yeah, he probably wants to meet me so he can put a bullet in my head." <laughs> <laughs> So he's basically like, I'm not going to meet him. Do you think that never occurred to her? Does she know any? She doesn't know anything about the drug war going on, I'm sure. No. No. I don't think she knows anything about what's going on. And no, I I think I think she's completely clueless. But she's got it, like we all do, get some sort of ominous feeling. Well, you would think so. Especially if when you knock on the door where he works and someone shows up holding an AK at you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hey, we are talking about Norma. But still. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think she thought that through, you know. I don't think so. But, um, and then she starts telling him, like, how cannabis can just absorb into your body. <laughs> yeah, what was all that? <laughs> and she has to be protecting himself. <laughs> He's like, it's not like I'm rolling around in it. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I think, 
you would like literally have to be rolling around for a long time in a lot of cannabis for anything to absorb into your body. Yeah, or like Just soak like, it like tea leaves and swim in it or something. Right, right. I mean, you pretty much have to ingest it. <laughs> yeah, I can buy that. So, yeah. That was funny, though. It was probably just something that she's, she had heard on, like, Bill O'Reilly or something. Yes. <laughs> Seen on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she says that they still have things they need to talk about, and he's quiet for a moment, and then he goes, I can't. So he just can't even talk about the whole Caleb thing, because I think that's got to be what she's talking about. Right. He's not ready. No, he's not. But he's not as like emo as I was thinking they were gonna make him. Yeah, you know? he he, he was able to talk to her about other things and yeah, sent. You know, well, it's, it's a road to recovery for them. Right. Oh yeah. But I was kind of afraid they were gonna put Dylan down this like really dark, self-destructive. Me too. Like really dark. Yeah. So. But I'm he's kinda... making good decisions. He's. He's still focusing on work. I think I, he seems to be the only person who knows just how dangerous this whole situation is. Besides Remo. Because, like, 90210 is just up in her house. She doesn't know what's going on. Playing yeah. with her plants or whatever his name says. Yeah. <laughs> he had a point, you know. <laughs> sure. But, um. Well, we all, you know, we, again figured she was an idiot just putting Zane in charge in the first place. I have a little more sympathy for her and why she did it. And, you know, I think she felt like that was the only thing she could do at the time and maybe underestimated his stupidity. Right. Right. But didn't you say he had just spent like a couple of years in jail and yeah. she handed him the job? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you, I don't know. People can change when they're in jail. <laughs> That's true. You might not want to put them, like, see how what they're like for a couple months <laughs> before you do anything. <laughs> yeah. But um, but also he tells Norma that she has to leave, and she like kisses him on the cheek, and all of the workers are looking on. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was really cute. Dylan kind of shoots them all a glance. <laughs> <laughs> His mom came to see him at work. Yep, mommy. Yeah, so then this is, yeah, this is where, um, like, it's at night. Norma's locking up the motel office, and George stops by to tell her that the bypass has been halted due to, like, an environmental, like, whatever report she turned in, I guess. Yes, the, uh, the pilot. Pistol Creek Pocket Gopher. Is that Pistol That's River? It. Pilot pistol, pistol creek pocket gopher. Yes, pistol river pocket gopher, maybe something, whatever it is. Um, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, <laughs> it's not as cute as we thought. Yes, we have a picture of it up on there. If you want to, I, I no longer want to carry one around in, in my pocket. Yes, its front claws would do some damage in there. <laughs> It's got some you would, massive claws. You would have like the cartoon shredded pants. <laughs> <laughs> like someone that had gone into a piranha filled lake would come out. <laughs> In a cartoon. <laughs> yep. That pocket gopher had large talons. 
apparently those things do a lot of digging. Well, it's a gopher. I think that's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) They're burrowers, I think. Yes, indeed. Yep. So, um... So she hugs him. She's like, yay, bypass is halted. And he, he tells her that just being friends isn't enough for him and he needs more. And she just goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes. okay, what? <laughs> George gives the talk to her. Yeah. Which, you know, good for him. Oh, yeah. He's been looking at her longingly for way too long. Yeah, exactly. And... You know, that's always a good talk to have. It's like, hey, am I wasting my time? If you want to be just friends, that's cool, maybe. You know, maybe we yeah. can try that. But just so you know, I want more. Um, but she agrees to a date with him the next night at his house. He's going to make dinner. Um, then there's just a quick scene with Romero and Cagney and Lacey. She tells them that they have cops watching 90210's place, Zane's apartment, and the warehouse, and they have not seen him. Romero tells her to try harder <laughs> and don't <laughs> don't bother him until they find him. <laughs> He's like, go, super cop. Stay away from me. Put your super cop powers to something I want you to do. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, talk to more people and don't be nice to him. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> But uh, then, um, so then Dylan's driving and there's a car behind him. Oh, oh, oh. What? Dylan was listening to another Radiohead song. (laughs) Yay! So, I get to have another Radiohead moment. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Dylan was listening to a song called Body Snatchers. It's um, the second song on Radiohead's seventh studio album that came out in 2007. It's um, called In Rainbows. And that is the album that made history where Radiohead put it on their website. This was their first album they put out after breaking with, after going independent and breaking from EMI. Uh And what they did is they put the album on their website and offered you could pay whatever you want. I remember when they did that. Yeah, it was quite, it made history. It was up for free, but they were just, just donate what you want, right? Um, yeah, it was, it was just pay whatever you want to download this album. I don't know if it was free. I think you had to at least pay one pence or a pound, or I don't even think you had to pay a whole pound, but. Oh, wow. Whatever you wanted. And it was successful. They made money on it? They did. But uh, Body Snatchers, the one he was playing, was um, when it was released in the U.S., it made it eighth on the one of Billboard's charts, which um, it was the highest-placing single they'd had ever since Creep. So that was kind of cool. Um, York, Tom York says that it was the song was inspired by Victorian ghost stories, the Stepford Wives, and his own feeling of your physical consciousness trapped without being able to connect fully with anything else. <laughs> that is so Tom York. <laughs> wow, and so like apropos to Norman Bates. Yeah, 
Yeah, I thought the lyrics are interesting. Um, anyway, um, they recorded it um, <clears throat> while, okay, <laughs> he said it was recorded when he was in a period of hyperactive mania, and he says he has that for 120 hours before he gets sick, and this was recorded one of those times. I love it. He has it pinned down to 120 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Before he, like, knows he's going to have the flu or something? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> There's uh, 120 hours of hyperactive mania. And so the song does, it's a little, it's a little unsettling. He sounds a little manic when he sings. <laughs> but anyway. Oh. That's Body Snatchers. And wow. I was extremely excited because Dylan was listening to it. Because when the lights came on... And he sees it and he stops. He turns the song off his car. And so Dylan became far cooler than he was in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and obviously whoever is in charge of the music likes Radiohead. That's the second song I've picked. I'm down for one a season. That's sweet. Yeah, that's... Well, yay for you. Yay. I remember thinking it was a Yay thing. for humanity. I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but okay. I know how it is to love something that much. Right. And okay, go the on. The world is a much better place for it. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so, that was Radiohead Moment with Emily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, but Dylan notices the car, and then it, like, speeds up, and I was like, oh, crap, you know? (laughs) I thought it was Nick, or one of his henchmen. I seriously did. I thought Dylan was going to get run off the road or something, but then the lights came on, and I was happy. Yeah, I don't, I didn't notice the car speeding. I think I was, like, in Radiohead land. (laughs) I think I was too excited. (laughs) I was too excited about Radiohead coming on to... (laughs) Notice what was going on. <laughs> did, you, did you notice anything else about the rest of the see, the episode? Or yeah, just, no, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like once it comes on, she can't turn it off. <laughs> no, of course. But yeah, it's Romero, and he basically makes Dylan get out of his truck and slams him up against the truck, and is like, "You tell me where Zane is," and if. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know where he is. I didn't want any of this to happen. Yeah. That was an interesting scene. It was, yeah. Because Romero says that if he finds out Dylan is lying, he will be dead. It's like, wow. Yeah, I couldn't help being on Romero's side. Just kind of forgetting it was Dylan. Just being like, yeah, you show that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it's Dylan and he likes Radiohead. Stop it. Wait a minute. I didn't know where my loyalties lied. It was <laughs> it was a hard moment for me <laughs> to sort out. Well, Romero has to find someone has to find Zane and get rid of him. Whether it's Dylan or Romero, someone has to because he did start a war, and Romero does not want to have that in his town. He can't have that in his town. No, he's he's too unpredictable, and he's he's just flying off half-cocked way too it's too dangerous yeah stupid yep it is it is 
that's all. Oh, I forgot to mention this, but man, when when it was Zane nine hundred two one zero and Dylan talking, and you know Zane's talking about his brilliant plan to just offer Nick Ford a buy off. Um, I almost thought for a second there that Dylan, because he even you know he's like he walked into Nick to Uncle Gil's house and just shot him. You know, I half thought Dylan was going to say that he knows who shot Gil right then. Yeah, that was a, and I'm kind of a tense moment. I'm kind of surprised he didn't. Or do you think he didn't because they'd be mad at him for knowing all along? I don't know. Well, I mean, we have to remember he had a pretty close relationship with Bradley. But not that close. I mean, there's a lot of people dying. Dylan's life is at stake. I'm sorry, but, you yeah. know. I still, I, mean, I don't know. I don't see his character ratting her out still i think i mean i i know he was like falling for her or at least you know was interested in her but i i just have a hard time believing her believing that he's so loyal to bradley for bradley's sake it just i think it's i think it's more a chivalrous thing honestly do you really yes that's that's pretty chivalrous i mean his own life is at stake but yeah. That's chivalry. I guess so. I just okay. Well, I <laughs> I, just... I couldn't see him not killing Zane. You know, I it just doesn't make sense to do that instead of just finding a way to kill Zane and ending it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd yeah. rather do that. I, I can see if you've got to choose between one or the other, but I don't think at that time that Dylan had the idea to kill Zane. I don't know. I, I feel like he should have had the idea a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> he should have. He should have just not saved his life a couple episodes ago. Just pushed him out in front of the car. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been easier? <laughs> Dylan. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, Romero kind of manhandles Dylan. But then... Is when Norma comes down the stairs, <laughs> that owl is just hanging. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> this was a good psycho moment. This was. This was. Fun um, for the fans. Yep. Norman is in the living room putting more stuffed birds around. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I know how much you love my work and thought you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like... I like your work like a mother has to like her like, child's like, art. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> Doesn't mean I want it decorating my house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'm not sure they go with the room. And he says, they do. Taxidermy fits in everywhere. It's nature. <laughs> okay, Norman, it doesn't. <laughs> If there is a taxidermy bird in my living room right now as I look around, it wouldn't go with anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wouldn't go with my house either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is nature. He has a point there. He does have a point, but it's like... It's creepy, unsettling nature. Yeah, when you bring not nature everybody in, enjoys. you bring a plant or... <laughs> Or a painting uh, of nature. Or a, a rock fountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Not> a, stuffed <laughs> birds. <laughs> but, um... 
feel it. He's like, feel it. It's so soft. <laughs> it's, like, it's alive, which I thought was interesting. I did too. I did too. And she's like, it is soft. But um, she asked if he's doing this just because he's mad at her. And he says he isn't. He's doing it because he loves his work and is sharing it with her because he loves her. <laughs> <laughs> kind of creepy. <laughs> yes. And just the timing makes, you know, he's in passive aggressive mode, full on. So. Yeah. Timing says he's, you know, I call bull crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's putting on some sort of act big time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's just, like, honestly just processing stuff through his mind? I mean, do you think he really is just so shocked that she knows the secret about him? That he's acting this way? Yeah. Or do you think it's just an act? Like, this is how he is when he's mad at her. Yeah, that's how I felt. I, okay. Like I said, just, he's being passive-aggressive, and she she has never gone down into that basement and not looked with this taste at everything he's done <laughs> or said <laughs> something that's about true. it that's not nice. That's true. I just wonder what's going on in his head, because that final, like, speech he gives her is really quite rattling. It is. Well, you know, it's the passive aggressive, but it's also it's it's a little unsettling behavior. It's yeah, it's a little scary. I just wonder if like weird, li- weird little things are firing off in his brain. I, I, don't know. I feel that. OK. So. Um, so then Romero pulls up to the motel and he <laughs> knocks on the Bates's door and Norman Norma answers. And he's all smiley. (laughs) 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 Kind of weird to see him that way. But he says that the shower rod broke off his wall and fell down. And he suggests that maybe Norman can come down and hold it up while he fixes it. So we all are on the same page that he, like, hulked it out of the wall. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. It's kind of like what a dad would do if they need to, like, give their son the birds and the beast talk or something. Yeah, exactly. like, Let's go fix something. Break a sprinkler head. It's like, <laughs> I fix a sprinkler. <laughs> now, yeah, and then like oh, yeah. that's going to be, make it less awkward. Yep. Exactly. And natural. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, so Norman, it, Nick shows them like in the bathroom fixing the shower rod and Romero asked him how well he knew Miss Watson and and he says and did, and he asked if she seemed stable to him which I thought was kind of odd yeah and Norman Norman says that she was mostly stable you know and Romero's like what do you mean by that and he kind of starts drilling Norman about how often he saw her outside of school and why you know Norman's like, I didn't see her outside of school. And he's like, but you told me you did. And he's like, well, that was for a school project. So that was school. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he learned that from Norma. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and then Romero just asked if he'd ever slept with her and Norman gets upset. He's like, no. And yeah, Norman leaves and Romero kind of yells after him that this isn't just going to go away. Yeah, that's what I had seen briefly in the next time on kind of a thing. Oh, uh, when you were saying that it seems like Norman is evading yeah. Romero. Okay. Because you just, you only see him saying that. Saying that. Okay, gotcha. Um, 
So, what is your impression about what he remembers about sleeping with Miss Watson? Because I felt like he's uncomfortable because part of his brain might remember it, but maybe not the conscious, fully conscious part. That's kind of what I think. He, I, I'm guessing he knows it's possible and he knows he blacked out with her. So him bringing it up is very unsettling to Norman. Cause it's like, it's just, just, I, I don't know. I well, don't think fully consciously he knows he slept with her. I don't really think he does either. Maybe he's having just like weird little flashy scenes of it. And maybe does he think that that's what Norman knows and she's not telling him? Maybe. I think I think it is made a little worse knowing that his mom knowing that something about what happens to him scares his mom and right. you know this is obviously affecting him fully. Right. This information and so to know that he did black out at that time, his teacher's dead, it just scares the crap out of him. Yeah. I don't blame him. That would be scary. Oh, sure. And you'd want to know. It's like, just tell me, you know. Well, his conscious self is wouldn't hurt a fly. Ooh, I just used a oh, phrase for movie. I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> oh. Sorry, that was crazy. You gave me the chills when you said that. But he really is sweet. He's a good boy. He is. He is. He's good. He's sensitive. So the thought that he could have killed Miss Watson has got to be insane. And All right. he was so upset by her death. But I don't know. There's just everything about it just kind of mingles a little subconscious something in there. Yeah. But I would be willing to bet it's not in his full consciousness. I don't think so either. I think he's just so confused and so scared. I think so. Yeah, I don't think he's fully aware that he did. But, because he does have another scene with Romero. Yeah, we can, we'll talk about that when we get to it, because he does something interesting there, too. I just can't find it in my notes right now. Okay. Um, so then, it looks like it's the next day, and Nick Ford goes to the Bates house. And Norman lets him in. Norman's not there. And Nick waits in the living room, and he and Norman talk. And Nick asks him why he was taking pictures of him at his daughter's grave. And Norman says, that was your daughter? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he says that he overheard a phone call between Miss Watson and someone named Eric. Yes. Norman said he thought that Nick might be Eric, and that's why he was taking this picture. And... Nick says, Eric was my business manager, and he says that he and Miss Watson had had a falling out six months before, and he was trying to get her to come home. So, our theory about this Eric guy being, her being involved with the other drug family was incorrect. Yeah, but if this is just their explanation of who Eric is, I'm not satisfied. <laughs> well, I, it really makes me want to hear the clip of her conversation again on the phone. Why do you keep calling me? I told you I don't have anything else to say to you. Just stop bothering me. I said leave me alone. You can't say that to me. Are you 
Eric, don't call me again. You hear me? Don't call me again, and I mean it. Are you all right? Was it just her dad's business manager trying to talk her into seeing her dad again? It's not going to be, because we need to it know what the falling she, out was about. She was shaking, and yeah. she was terrified over that phone call. Right. That wasn't her dad's manager saying, you know, give your dad another chance. or Right. There's more to the story, and there's, that is, there's no way that's, that's all we're going to know. If, no if, if, this, if they do that to us, I will be kind of mad. <laughs> <laughs> Because this still doesn't explain it to me. No, that has to be explained. It's going to be... I hope it's part of the end of this season explanation. Yeah. I guess there's no guarantee, but you'd think. I mean, this Watson thing that's dragged on this whole season, and they haven't even mentioned it for most of it. Right, right. They always said. They do. And they owe... I think by the end of this season, they owe wrapping that up and moving on. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. That is what I expect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because I'm just not satisfied with this little two sentences about Eric. Nope. And just the MO of the murder, we're not satisfied that it was Norman. Nope. Nope. Yeah, there's got to be more to it. But uh, yeah, Nick kind of notices lots of pictures of Norman and Norma and points out, you know, that they must be really close. And then... Which... I don't know. I didn't get the vibe that... Did I? I don't remember if I got the vibe or not that, you know, like, you see in, like, shakedown shows where they're like, you have a beautiful wife. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't get anything like that. But we should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. That's cool that you didn't either. I don't remember. I, I just didn't get it because Nick had already had that conversation with Norma about talking about, you know, it's important, you know, get a hold of your son. Don't do not do what happened to me. Oh, so yeah. I think he was just again saying, oh, so you're close to your mom, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get like a dun, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Norma, Norma comes home and she sends Norman to the kitchen with the groceries and... Tells Nick that Dylan's not going to talk to her, that she can't find him. And he gets kind of mad. And, you know, he's like, I told you to set up this meeting, you know. Right. And she's like, you can't come into my house and treat me like I'm beholden to you. And he's like, you are beholden to me. (laughs) And he's (laughs) like, you're just too ignorant to realize it. You know, he's like, how do you think you got that seat on the set, on the city council? What do you think happened to Lee Berman? And she's like, I don't like you. I don't want Dylan talking to you. And get out of my house. And he says that she's making a horrible mistake. <laughs> she made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So now Norma finally knows that it wasn't just her little talk with the mayor that got her the seat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Way to go, Norma. Yep. How do we just spoon fed to you? but you know even when when Nick said that she was making a horrible mistake I still was like oh maybe he'll somehow 
get her kicked off the city council or something. I, I don't know. I still didn't get a very ominous feeling. I did. That's because you like him so much. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be my grandpa. <laughs> I stupidly thought it was going to be Dylan. Yeah. I just... He was going to get to. I didn't even think of Norman. That's dumb. Yeah. He had just been staring at his picture and seeing how close they are and how that would hurt her more, obviously. Obviously, because she's already admitted that she's she and Dylan don't talk. But... Right. So, I don't know. I didn't think that what was going to happen was going to... I didn't think it was going to be anything like that. I just seriously thought he was going to, like, ruin her business or her political career or something. I don't know. Right. But it's not like the stakes are high. <laughs> with the Zeddy, because he's the only character in the entire show we know is safe. That's true. That's but, true. So high, but anyway, it, it, they are for Norma. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then Norman's down in the fruit cellar doing his taxidermy thing, and Norma calls for for him, and then goes down the stairs and. She's like, Norman, I was calling for you. And he's like, I heard you. I just didn't answer. <laughs> and she tells him that he needs to stop being mad at her. He says he isn't. She says, okay. And then she tells him she's meeting someone for dinner. And he's like, okay. And then she says, it's George. <laughs> <laughs> and Norman just goes, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Then she says she doesn't know when she'll be home, but it'll probably be really late. <laughs> And he says, I won't wait up. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite Norman Norman scenes like <laughs> this season. <laughs> and then she just kind of stares at him and then goes upstairs and he like angrily pulls a feather out of the bird he's working on. <laughs> <laughs> So, man, she was really trying to get a rise out of it. She was. It got weird, and it stays weird between them. <laughs> it does. It just... I just loved it, because I know in the olden days, you know, before he got so mad at her, if she said she was meeting someone for dinner, he'd be like, who are you meeting? When are you going to be home? Should I wait up for you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then she just tries to get him to do it. It's George. <laughs> this, I mean, this whole sequence, what the F, Norma? <laughs> I think she was just trying to push his buttons. I think she wanted him to be jealous. I know. You know, that's, and he wasn't doing it. <laughs> Seriously, what the crap? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of weird. Yeah. She was really trying to act jealous. But I thought she didn't have that feeling for him. It, it's weird. This was a weird episode for Norma and me. <laughs> 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 and my perceptions of her. So then Dylan calls Nick Ford for a meeting. That was just a quick, you know, Dylan plays it smart. He's like, because yeah. Nick's like, come to my house. And he's like, hell no. <laughs> he's like, we're meeting in public and we're meeting in a different town, <laughs> you know. So that was a smart move. But um, so what do you think motivates Dylan to call Nick after all? Um, do you think maybe. I think. He kind of thought about what maybe we could 
by meeting him, maybe we can put figure out a way to end all this. Honestly, I thought it had more to do with him going to his mother. I was wondering that, yeah, because my second idea is something I actually wrote down. Or do you think Dylan kind of realized after Norma left his work that maybe he was putting Norma in danger? Yes, I think. I and that's think, why he calls. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, okay, my mom's involved in this, and Nick's a scary dude. Um, I can't ignore this. Right. So he so thought he did about the it. the smartest thing he could think of possible is meeting him in a public place. Yeah. He was a lot cagier with him than I expected him to be once they met. Dylan was? Yeah. Yeah, he kind of was, huh? Yes. Yeah. He kept everything very close to the vest, which I guess is smart, but. Right. Right. But, I don't uh, know. I kind of, I guess because we kind of like Nick Ford, I felt like. He could have been a little more open with them and got the fact that he is not involved and all of that. I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. Well, you know, that's probably why Nick went to Dylan. Maybe he knows that Dylan wasn't involved because you know what? There was probably surveillance. Ah, good thought. I bet he could see who it was that went into his warehouse and shot up his guys. And he didn't see Dylan. You know, maybe... Very good are- thought. Because I did have the feeling that Nick knew he was not a total enemy and not behind the whole thing. Right. And I didn't know if that just meant because... I think he still has some sort of semblance of respect for Norma. I think he does. Yeah. Well, and... I think, yeah, maybe he does have surveillance and maybe it even picked up the conversation where Dylan says, I'm not, I'm not with you on this, you know, maybe he, yeah, maybe. Or maybe just the fact that he wasn't, that he wasn't there. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I was kind of thinking, I was like, why does he pick Dylan? Why doesn't he talk to 90210? You know, she would be to me, she would be the, uh, yeah the more logical choice she's the other head you know i don't know yeah but anyway so then norma goes to george's and she's just really distracted he's like talking about college and working on some dude ranch yeah and just kind of oh his house was gorgeous oh yeah it was (laughs) and she just I don't know. It seemed like, especially at that moment, she felt really out of place. Yeah. And he was. He was just, went to Brown, and, you know. <laughs> she didn't, right. She didn't even know what Brown was. I know. She's like, what's Brown? And he's like, the university. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's only an Ivy League university. Right. But she just starts crying, and she, because he's like, what what college did you go to? And she's all, she named some state, like Florida or something. She he's like, Florida. <laughs> He's like, oh, I thought you went to Arizona. Did you transfer? And then she just starts crying. She's like, I didn't go to college. I'm not who I said I am. You know, she's like, I barely finished high school. <laughs> and uh, and she leaves and she gets in her car. And as she's backing out, she goes, Norman, did you notice that? Yes. See, this is the second part of my really just weirdness with her. Just she was like calling his name out in desperation. And it's like, what? It it was just like him saying mother all the time Uh uh-huh you know really weird it was really weird it's it's cool because it's getting norma back she's been such a i don't know 
it's all been on Norman, it seems. Um, right. All the weirdness in their relationship has all been on him this whole season. And so it was kind of fun to have it thrown a little on Norma, I guess. That's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like that too. And I'm wondering if, if like Nick's talk kind of got to her too, how, you know, he's like, you're so ignorant. You, how, you know, how do you think you got that seat? So maybe like a little bit of reality is crashing down on her, you know, yeah. like I think she truly did think that just meeting the mayor is what got her the seat. And now it's been pointed out to her. No, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and just his house, and I don't know. Yeah. She just seemed very... Very out of place. It was a nice house, and she did, yeah, she's like, I'm not the kind of woman that goes to dinners at houses like this and has people cook filet mignon, you know. Yeah. I kind of feel sorry for her. But, uh, so then Dylan and meets Nick, and Nick basically tells Dylan that he needs to kill Zane and this will all end. Yeah, that's kind of, it's like he tried to strike a deal. Yeah. Forget about everything if you kill him. If you kill him, this will all end. So he knows that Zane's behind it all. Right. Um, yeah, cause, and then Nick says, you know, you don't start a drug war unless you are prepared for a slaughter down to the last man standing. And Nick's like, are you prepared for that? Is your family prepared for that? <laughs> you know, and Dylan says, all right, we're done talking. Stay away from my mom or I'll kill you. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeppers. Now, we've already talked about this scene. This is when Cagney and Lacey goes into Romero's office and tells them that that Kyle guy has been convicted and what do we do now about Norman's sample? And that's when he's like, you know, I'll hang you if you tell anyone. Right. So. So we kind of get the drift that Romero's decided to do you think he's kind of deciding to ignore it? I don't know what happens with him if anything else happens with him and Norman. He no, does, there's but. there's one more scene with him and Norman. I think Romero just wants her to stop looking into it and to forget about it. Yeah, because I think he's still I think he's kind of wants to solve the murder still. I don't think he wants to just put this to rest. Okay, but he wants her out of it. He wants to control his town like he usually He does. wants to control it. <laughs> and she's already blown it out of control because she sent those DNA samples and he told her not to, you know. Right. So Because, think, you know, as we've said, if things get dug into the past of the town, Romero's not going to come out squeaky clean by any means. <laughs> no, not at all. There's, I mean... Who knows how long he's been sheriff. Mm -hmm. And, well, I think he said like 20 years, but maybe that's just being a cop. But, I mean, we've only seen a couple little things. There could be years of stuff that he's done that could come out, you know? I mean. Right. And I think his intentions are pure. I think I think they revolve around just doing what he, they, it might be the law according to him, but I think his choices are sound in their own way. I think so. You I know. think he's doing the best he can, trying to keep a delicate balance. And I think so. With the and, commerce, you know, of the town. Right, and <laughs> right, right. And I just think that he just, 
just doesn't want this little go-getter to right. get involved because she might, like we talked about before, she could really uncover some stuff and get in trouble, get yes. him in trouble. Again, missing Shelby and his sex slave ring. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so then Norm is at home watching something on his computer and Norma comes home and he's watching Double Indemnity. Exactly. <laughs> she gets mad at him. <laughs> and <laughs> there are so funny he chose to watch that. <laughs> if that was just total spite or if it was just one of those, she planted the movie in his head and he's like, you know, just how it happens. You start talking about a movie and you're like, hmm, I gotta watch, watch that, that again. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm going with spite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I don't know. He wasn't expecting her to come home. I don't know. Maybe it was just, I, I want to watch that. But, or maybe um, it's, it was a nice, maybe he was missing her. No, he's, he's pretty pissed at her. <laughs> he's pretty mad. <laughs> but she says he's being a dick about something he knows nothing about. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that she used that again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he gets mad and tells her that he's his own person um, and that she changed the rules because she knows a secret about him. And he thought they had been devoted to each other and now they are two different people. And I don't know. He goes, I, that's all I wrote down. It's a longer speech. I figured that's probably a clip you can throw in. I missed you. That's sort of silly. We just saw each other. I meant stop it. Stop what? I know what you're doing. I'm watching a movie. Yeah, the movie that you said you'd seen a hundred times that I wanted to go to with you. Well, we have seen it a hundred times. I still enjoy it. Sometimes it's just nice to watch a movie alone, you know? You're being a dick about something that isn't my fault. I'm just watching a movie. Movie's over. That was childish. Norman, stop it. Stop it. I don't like you this way. In what way is that? Oh, distant. Like you couldn't be bothered with me. You mean like I'm my own person? Like we're different? Like I have secrets from you? Don't you walk away from me! You're being ridiculous. Am I? Norman, please! Oh, I see. The anger didn't work. Now the tears. Norman, you don't understand! Oh, I do understand! I understand that you're not who I thought you were. That we're not what I thought we were. Yes, we are. Nothing has changed. Everything has changed. You changed the rules. What rules? What are you talking about? I don't trust you anymore, and that changes everything. Okay, it's all up for grabs now. You no longer know who I am either, because we're different. What? Stop it. Stop. Stop it, Norman. It was all just a game. The game was that we were devoted to each other. That no one could ever come between us. That we loved each other more than anyone could ever love another person. That we do love each other. Do we really, Mother? I'm going to my room. Don't follow me. Leave me alone. You stay out here alone. Yeah, I'll throw that in. It was was good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's basically telling her, you changed the rules because now you've turned us into two different people. Because you know something about me that I don't know. So it's like whatever little thing was like 
tying them together in his brain has been like shattered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This to him is just of the biggest deals. It is. It's, this is obviously like the, a huge, huge form of betrayal in his mind. It is. Life shattering betrayal. Life shattering. Cause yeah. I mean, he's like, you changed the rules. We were one person basically is what he's saying. And now we're two. Well, in the pilot, and, he did that Jane Eyre thing with the exactly yes the little Jane Eyre speech. Yeah, about being one and a chord between their hearts. Uh-huh. And yeah, so this he is making such a huge, and it is a big deal. I mean, I don't know. It's really. It, it seems like the thing that's upsetting the most to him is that. She's keeping a secret from him. Yeah. Yeah. And she's always said to him, we can't have secrets between us and stuff, you know? So she is kind of shattering his little world. Yeah. It's interesting where it's going to proceed there. I don't, they've just been thick as thieves and yeah, it's things have changed. I don't know permanently or not. Yeah, but he says that he's going up to his room, and he tells her not to follow him, that he wants to be alone, and he locks the door, and she pounds on it, and then she, like, runs into her room and starts pounding on another door. So have they had a connecting door between their bedrooms this whole time? I have no idea. I didn't catch that. Because I swear she does. I meant to watch it again, and I forgot to, because she's, like, in the hallway pounding on his door, and then she runs into her room and starts pounding on a different door. That's weird. You think if they would, it would have, it would have come up. Yeah. But um. Yeah, she's just pounding and she yells and then she's like, "Fine, I'm leaving," you know. And she leaves. And here is weirdness number three. <laughs> is she getting back at him by sleeping with George? I kind of think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it shows Norman just, like, sitting in his room. He just looks kind of trancy almost. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, Norma runs back to George's, and basically as soon as he opens the door, she starts kissing him. And she, like, immediately takes off her underwear. Yeah, she takes her panties off. And <laughs> the only thing I could think of was how many windows were in that front room of my life. <laughs> I hope he lives in a very secluded area. <laughs> his neighbors are going to get quite the show. so but he's like i've been wanting to do this for a long time and she's like then do it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think she is just trying to get back at norman yeah absolutely there's no other way to look at it i don't think Mm -mm. this is just all that i'm just like what the f norma (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Unless she's just feeling a lot of pent up and just wants a release of some, I don't know, but I think it's Mrs. Just, I don't know, needs a, needs to fill the void of connection. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, it, I don't know, with her fine and then running straight into George's arms doesn't play on that theory as well as the getting back at him theory. Right. 
Right. So, yeah. So then Dylan goes over to 90210's house and says that Zane's insane. Everyone's life is at stake and she can't hide from it. Oh, yeah, it was Dylan that tells her that, too, that you can't just sit up here and hide from it. She needs to do something. Right. And she gets kind of mad. Then he goes up and hugs her. And she basically tells him, you do whatever you need to do about Zane. Yeah. Bas- basically saying, go ahead, kill him. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> without saying the words, that was her telling him yep. he has permission to kill her brother. That's how I took it. And but... the look on Dylan's face. <laughs> yep. It was interesting. It was, it was. And Zane gets his, like, fifth bullseye printed on his body. <laughs> exactly. <the> <laughs> so now he's got, like, Romero, Dylan, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Ford wants him dead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was smart because like she asked him, you know, how do you know all of our lives are at stake or something? She's like, how do you know all this? And he's like, common sense. You know, I, I found it a little interesting that he didn't tell her about his meeting with Nick Ford, but I guess the meeting with Nick Ford was Nick saying you need to kill Zane. So maybe he would hide that from her. Yeah. He's plus Nick Ford. Dylan's not a talker. Yeah. Plus Dylan's. Yeah, Nick Ford's the enemy. It was smart not to tell her. Yeah, he's smart. He keeps his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. Unless uh, Caleb's around. (laughs) 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 Then he turned into a five-year-old boy. Doesn't met his dad for the first time. Tell me more about Gampy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was like we saw his Achilles heel or something. That was interesting. Did yeah totally. <laughs> um, so then is the next scene with Romero and Norman. So Norman's in the office at the motel, and it's just pouring rain. And I thought that was kind of a nice little psycho nod. Oh yeah. In the you know the when when Marion Crane yeah. pulls up, it's raining like that, and I don't know. I know it rains a lot there, so I don't know if they were doing it on purpose, but I appreciated it. <laughs> It was but, also uh, raining really hard, wasn't it, the night Miss Watson was killed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was. Well, in some parts of the town. Oh, that's right. <laughs> At the docks, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice and dry. <laughs> um, but Romero tells Norman that that Kyle guy got convicted, and he wants to know why Norman is lying to him. He tells Norman that his semen was found in Miss Watson. And Norman says, that's impossible. Yeah. And R- Romero's like, I need to know the truth. And Norman just runs away from him, runs up to the house, and he goes up to his room, and he pulls out Miss Watson's pearls and her picture that he keeps under his bed. Yeah, and I was like, what is this? Is Norman time right Is this Norman time? <laughs> this is not a good time for Norman time, I don't think. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... He sits there with, like, the pearls and the picture, and he's got, like, his eyes closed, and it looks like he's, like, trying to concentrate or something. Did you notice this? Oh. I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> he just had, like, this look on his, I mean, because he, he was, like, squeezing his eyes closed. Do you think touching the pearls, he's, like, come up with, like, where the money is in his room and all of that? You think that's... Maybe. Like, maybe for some reason just those pearls bring back that night. And maybe he's trying to remember is kind of what I was thinking. Like, is I he, think that's a great theory. Is he trying... Does he know that 
parts of that night are coming back to him and maybe this helps because now because i mean he tells romero tells him you know your semen was found you had sex with her that the night she died and romero's like i need to know what happened and norman's like that's impossible so i i believe him i believe norman saying that that's impossible i don't think he remembers yeah no i totally do and i don't know i would just I kind of thought, man, if I was Norman, I would say I would probably admit to it, even though I don't know what's going on, just to kind of hide the fact that obviously it happened and I know I black out and to make up some sort of story that it had maybe it happened the day before. Cause I think it, I don't know. Yeah. I think it can be found present af- more than more than 24 hours. I think so too. Yeah. I think it can be for a day or two. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, thought it'd be smart at this point to not deny it and be like, "That's impossible." Well, it might have been a good move on Norman's part to look at Sheriff Romero as someone who is kind of looking out for him and yeah. say, "Okay, here's what I know. I know that I black out, and I know I was at Miss Watson's that night, but I don't remember anything about it." Uh, I don't know how smart that'd be. Maybe you should go talk to my mom because she knows more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about telling them about the blackouts. I would have think the smartest thing would to be make up some story about her coercing her into him into sex and play the victim. Yeah, but Norman's not a good liar, and Romero would know for us in a second he was he was lying. Yeah, I guess so. And then you've got that. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of, I don't think that's a story you can just make up. I really think Norman's finding out for the first time that he had sex with Miss Watson. Yeah. And I don't think he's got the presence to be like, oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, we did, you know, and then I left, you know. Because yeah. he's a good kid. He doesn't, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I know, he's in a bad situation. <laughs> But boy, for an awkward teenager, that guy gets a lot of play. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's sitting there with his eyes closed, and he starts hearing, he hears, like, the door open downstairs and someone down there, and he goes down calling for Mother. Oh, see, I totally thought it was Romero. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm telling you, this scene, when I first watched it, it, like, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was not what I expected. I was I not just, expecting that at all. Norman just coming out of the room, because I knew it wasn't Norma, because Norma tends to always, as soon as she opens the door, call for Norman. Right. And you just, she's laughing. Oh, yeah, I heard those footsteps. It was, it was scary. It was sneaky footsteps, and... It, they just took a long time for Norman to go down the stairs and, like, the camera's behind him. And I don't know, just every step, I was like, What's, who's there? What is it? Yeah. I don't, you know. And then he gets to the bottom of the stairs, kind of turns around, and someone comes up behind him with a rag and puts chloroform it in his mouth. Yeah, chloroform. And Norman passes out. And then. It cuts to Norma waking up in George's bed. And you get the idea. It's like right at that moment, right? Yeah, like she had a premonition-y kind of thing. Right. So. Like they're so connected. They're a connection. They do have a weird connection. Yeah. 
And that's how it ends. So Norman has been kidnapped then? Yes. And by Nick Ford's guys? Yes. Okay. I didn't think there was any other possibility. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm guessing that Held for ransom, maybe, um, until Zane's dead? or Until Zane's dead, that's what I'm thinking. If that's going to satisfy Nick Ford at this point. Well, you know, like I said, the risk factor for Norma is, I mean, for Norman is zero. Right. For us. Right. But, yeah. Oh, you know what? This is the Norman sitting with, like, the leaf on his face and the, the, the dirty Norman. Right. That's okay. What I, yeah, yeah. First time I put that together. Yep. So, and also, I, they did a, I saw another commercial for, like, upcoming scenes, and it shows Norman, like, having that polygraph test. Oh. Have you seen this? He's got, like, something yeah. on his arm, and. I've been seeing it all season. And do you notice the way, like. What does the guy ask him? Is does he say like, "Are you Norman Bates?" And he's like, "Yes," and he says it really weird, or I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it. It's interesting how he answers their question. It's kind of I don't know. Hmm. Like he might be Normand out during this polygraph. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. Do they ask him? About blackouts or something? And no, it's little, just all you hear is his name. Yeah, yeah, they just, I think the guy is just like, are you Norman Bates? He's like, yes, or something like that. But the way he says it, he's kind of like looking up. I don't know. Like he's. He could be in Norma mode. Yeah, like he's making up the answer. Like, oh, yes, that's who I am. I'm Norman, you know. Weird. Ooh, I don't know. Creepy. That'd be creepy. I know, I know. I just wonder what the polygraph is about. I don't know. If it's about the kidnapping or if it's tied if it's to the Miss Watson's murder. Yeah. I don't know. I I would find it odd at this point that Romero would get someone else involved in that. That's what I was yeah, that's what makes me wonder because it doesn't seem like Romero would do that, so I'm wondering what it's about if it's about the kidnapping then i don't know maybe yeah. norman kills someone in the maybe that's why he's hiding in the dirt i don't know i'm excited to find out though okay guess what have you heard what the next episode's called no it's called the box Ooh. Mm-hmm. that doesn't sound very good no <laughs> norman in a box sounds scary what's in the box Uh, so what do you think of it as a whole i i liked it i was interesting stuff going on i thought um the av club gave it the lowest rating of the season which was just to be minus but that was the lowest they had rated it i'm gonna put it at around a four i wanted more for a final three mm-hmm. episode you know it was good and stuff did happen 
and especially you know the very ending with Norman getting Norman getting kidnapped. I'm that saved it from being like a three seven five, you know. Right. But well, I'm I gonna just, go it a little higher and give it a four point two five. Cool. Yeah, I just think when it comes to like when you're winding down like this, the final three. When you're in the final three, you gotta. You just got to give us a little bit more. And I think I'm a little, still a little bit angry about the Eric explanation. And part of me thinks that that's all we're ever going to get on that. Yeah, um, I have complete confidence that it's not. But I'm glad. I may I be don't. let down more than you, apparently, yeah. if that happens. <laughs> I don't have the confidence you do because I really, I don't know. And I'll be, I'll be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> don't but, do it to us, Bates Motel. I know. But yeah. All in all, it, it was a good episode, but just not for a final three. Yeah, it, I guess it's going to be the final two that are really rocking. This was definitely a lead up again, lead another up. lead up. Right, right, because I think we can probably predict that Dylan is going to find out Norman's been kidnapped. They probably, I don't know, send him a photo or something, or I don't know. And I think Dylan is going to end up killing Zane. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got the blessing now. Yeah. So he'd be stupid not to. Well, he'd be stupid not to in Romero's eyes. Romero did say, if you're lying to me, I'll kill you. So maybe the smarter move would be to bring Zane to Romero. Uh, yeah. But, but then that would piss off Nick Ford because Nick wants him dead. And Zane might be smart enough. You know, we talk a lot about him being stupid, but... He doesn't trust Dylan any further than he could throw him. I guarantee you that. And I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know how Dylan could get Zane anywhere but just shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. He. I don't know. I don't know how much he knows about Romero. He might feel like he couldn't. I think, honestly, if he went to Romero and told him the situation, he could get away with the murder. <laughs> Probably. But he. I don't think he knows that. Probably not. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited. Me too, because, you know, just cold-blooded murder is seems a little beyond Dylan. He ran over that guy that shot Oh, BB. that's right. So he's murdered before. This won't be his You're first right. one. You're right. about that. Yeah. So it's not totally against his thing, you know. And now he's got people telling him to do it. That was just like an impulse that he did, you know. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot more at stake. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since Norman's been kidnapped. That'll probably, yeah, he's going to kill him. Oh, man, Norma's going to be so freaked out about this Norman thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I, guessing she goes straight to Dylan. You think? I would think she'd go straight to Romero. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have some good Norma scenes. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that. Her child's been plucked. Romero's going to bust into his room when he's in his underwear or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. you got to help me right now. I've done your laundry. <laughs> Do you have a what the bip? Mine is Norman going up to his room and grabbing Miss Watson's pearls and picture. <laughs> Good one. Cause yeah, watch it again. At least watch that scene again and tell me what you think's going on in his mind. Yeah, I think I will 
go with the what the bit scary with the someone opening the door downstairs and hearing footsteps. Yeah, that was that was pretty scary. Yeah, for a second there, I did think it was Romero too, but I don't know. I hoped it was Romero. Right. But I didn't have a form thought on who it would be. It was just scary. No, I think it even flashed in my mind the first time. Maybe it was Dylan coming to talk to huh? Norman or Norma. But I didn't think it was someone there to kidnap Norman. That didn't come. That nope. thought didn't hit me. Yep, agreed. So, all right. I haven't really looked at any news or anything. Do we have any spoilers or anything? No, I don't have any. I should have looked. Yeah. Sorry, we're lame. I know. Sorry. It's been a busy coming home from camping and then getting back <laughs> to work mode and stuff. <laughs> yep. So. And me I'll, not camping, but a trip and then getting back to school and. Yeah, yeah. You were putting the house back together in laundry mode. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I'll look some up for next time. Okay. All right. Do you have anything else to say about it? Um, no, just uh, we'd love to hear your theories and all that stuff. Even maybe before you see next episode, if you guys want to throw out some theories and send them our way. Or right. Do anything. Um, get some feedback in for next time. We teased about doing a contest and then we haven't discussed it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes. Why don't we say that um, you write a review for us on iTunes. We'll put it. Um, and if you've already written one, then we will. Um, you, you know, you're in. But if you haven't written one yet, you can add your name to the pile and you can win some. Bates Motel memorabilia, shall yep. we say? Yep. Maybe we'll hold the contest until the final episode. Maybe when we do, like, maybe a season review. Yeah, yeah. Let's do, you know, episodes for, you know, each of the next two. And then we'll do kind of like a top five like we did for season one. Right. Um. Yeah, so we'll um, we'll do that, and you'll win some base motel memorabilia if we draw your name. We'll uh, well, you know, iTunes reviews are nicely numbered. Yes. So we'll do it that way, and if we call out your name, and you've written a, if you win, just um, leave us your name and address, and we'll send you something base yeah. motelish. Yes. I think you'd like it. Whether you're a guest or not. Yep. There, There's a perk for doing iTunes. There you and go. And if you, you know, we're not going to check every country's. So if you leave a review in a different country, country's iTunes, please let us know. Because you're definitely eligible. Because this is stuff, you know, and I'll send, I'll send it anywhere in the world. Yeah. I don't mind that. And yeah. it's, it's not an iTunes gift card, so it'll be a little package. Right. Right. So any country's eligible for this, but you just need to let us know so we can find your review and um, yeah, I I think it has to be a good review. 
<laughs> Not to like coerce you all into making a good review, but it'd be kind of lame to send. Like Mikey's not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mikey. <laughs> I don't think you're listening anymore to even let us know. So, yeah. but yeah, your uh, one star review is not going to get. It. I I would say a four or a five. Okay, qualifies. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can email us at yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. You can join Facebook. It's just Yes Mother Podcast. Yeah, and, and we do. We in on Facebook, we put some relevant things we've talked about in the comments. And <clears throat> anyway, it's worth joining. Yes, it is. And Twitter. I'm having a little bit of fun with that. Sue's not involved. <laughs> <laughs> she could be if she wanted. <laughs> I know. I keep meaning to, and I forget. So, I'll do it. I promise. It's, there's not a lot of action, but, you know. Right on. Anyway, uh, okay. Okay, then. So. Chill your own ass. Yep. Until next time, chill your own ass. Bye. I hope you took good notes because I had another one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took pretty good notes. I you did you watched it more than once, right? Uh, no. You only watched it the one time. Yeah, but it was you know full attention. Okay. Time. All right. So. All right. Well, we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Holy crap! I don't think I'm recording. Oh, it's on. I am. Oh, like, Emily. Oh, I would have been so sad. I thought for sure I didn't push it. I wonder if I didn't not push it last time, and it's just been mm. recording since I started. Oh, we're lucky, man. So it is recording. It says recording on. Good. <laughs> <laughs> on is good. <laughs>
hey, do you get like weird phone calls from strangers with like little messages like, hello, dear, how are you doing? Do you get creepers? No. Do you? Yes. Almost at least once a week. What? Is it the same person? Um, I don't think so. Just like, this isn't like a match.com or something. What is going on? I didn't I don't sign know. up for that. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. I have ever since I signed up for Skype. I haven't gotten any weird calls like that. That's creepy. Creepers. What else have you registered your phone number on? Just Skype? It's only Skype. Well, I've. Have you ever checked your other mail folder before on Facebook? No, I didn't even know I had one. Other mail. Yeah, I've heard of this other mail, and I checked mine out a few weeks ago, and I had, like, some really creepy message from this guy. I saw your profile picture, and I just had to meet you. (laughs) 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 He had done it, like, a year and a half ago. Oh, my gosh. I I like, just wondering if you're single, and let me tell you a little about myself. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know there was another male. Is it easy to find? Is it just in your profile? I don't remember how it looks like. Let me look. That's creepy. Yeah, it says inbox and then other. I've got ten others. Oh, (laughs) I should check that one. (laughs) I mean, the Facebook thing, I could kind of see and wouldn't be too creeped out about it. But the phone calls, that's a little more disturbing. Yeah. Do you you see the phone number where they come from? Or does it say, like, blocked or anything? Or unknown? Or You ought to start paying more attention. His name's Mark Yenter 88. His message. The Facebook thing? Or? No, this is um, Skype. Oh. He wrote a little message that said, hello, how are you doing, dear? I don't know. I suppose I could pay more attention on if I'm getting the same person every time. Yeah, if it keeps up and gets creepier. It, they seem to have a smack of kind of like those just email messages you get that are like, hello, if you're looking for a job, you know, like kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. you call it and then they're like, yeah, so we've got this, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I sell a diet pill. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I picture it being. Probably. Would you I mean, like the to Facebook stuff? ones are a little more straightforward. Right. Huh. Weird. There was one guy that I noticed... And I feel bad I should write him back. He's like, I saw your comment below some Radiohead link, and he answered, like, a question I had had. <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea he did that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kinda... bad I ignored him. It was in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> you write him back now. Sorry. <laughs> Two years later, I'd like to thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. funny. So these are creepy Skype calls you're talking about, not on your cell phone? Oh, no, no, it's just on Skype. Oh. No, I use Skype for this, and that's it, so I don't really... Well, that's all I use it for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I have been getting those and didn't realize it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you have. (laughs) I put a weird picture of myself on my Skype profile. The fuzzy hair one? (laughs) I know, I know. it comes up on my screen when you call. So I don't think they're looking at it and going, ooh, la, la. You never know. (laughs) Maybe there's some fuzzy hair fetish club. (laughs) (laughs) 
no hair product. Yes. There's fuzzy chick head girl. <laughs> hey, there's someone out there for all of it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Thank you.